welcome to the kingdom vision podcast uh we're here together um today i'm gonna be putting cole on the spot a little bit a little interview action uh how are you feeling i'm ready so the first episode that we did that y'all watched wednesday or two wednesdays ago um that little preview i kind of put him through just like this spontaneous q a deal so he's like, let me interview you. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. But yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm feeling on my toes. And so I I told him yesterday about it, I guess. So just to hopefully get him a little bit nervous and yeah, just get just, on his just, mind. Just good little, a little a little bit of anxiousness is appropriate, you know. But yeah. you know, I feel on my toes, a little Q and A, little a little spontaneous, no prepared answers, which yeah. is not something I'm used to. Yeah, and answers he doesn't. He doesn't like that. Like, yeah. I, I'd say I'm more of the one that's like kind of the spontaneous. Yeah. Um, or I'm more comfortable. I'd say, I guess, with that. Yeah. Usually, know. I'm I'm the guy who's directing questions, <laughs> structuring it, right. and then you just go and answer the questions. Well, yeah. So, I uh, I also wanted to you know bring things that would be you know beneficial to of course the listener to you know kind of um take from his life and um how he kind of reacts to things and how he does things and so anyway uh, my first question is so for in my own life um there'll be phrases and stuff that put me back where my eyes are on jesus what is something you tell yourself a lot or you find yourself continuously telling yourself that puts your mind and your heart back on Jesus. Yeah, that's a good one. I would say for me, it's surrender. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is surrender. I mean, I've said it just since you've been here, like just doing podcast stuff, like the anxieties of like, okay, like we got to Like we want to do, like do these shirt designs. We want to do this. And I'm just like, like I surrender. I surrender to you, Jesus. And I think I kind of mentioned this on two episodes ago when like, if I learned daily myself how to surrender every single day with the little stuff with school with podcasts with kingdom vision with instagram with uh reading my bible being consistent okay i feel the holy spirit tugging on me to read my bible i don't want to read the bible or like i'm on a spiritual high and all of a sudden i just am starting to seek emotions i surrender that too like i just surrender every single day then all of a sudden when you know we have a, a, a these these valley moments i would say majority of our lives are spent in the middle yeah you know small little dips but it's pretty would be naive to say that most of our lives are spent on the mountain and in the valley i i think that spiritual maturity is kind of like where the hills and valleys start to become less and less and it's more flat like you're not going as high quote-unquote Mm-hmm. You are, but you're not. Like it's more of like a kind of a continuous incline, and then little dips, and you know, and you get yeah. into this spiritual maturity where your circumstances matter less and less for your relationship with God. You know, no, exactly. And I, with that, I, I feel like our, like my obedience. Like I want my obedience to be consistent, to where the emotions, yeah, our emotions go like this, but you get to a point of maturity where your obedience doesn't waver. Yeah. You fall in sin. It's not perfection, but to the point where, um, you know, I'm at the point now when, you know, like the last two weeks for me, two, three weeks been extremely, extremely busy. I haven't necessarily felt this overwhelming sense of emotion 
when I have been reading my Bible in the morning, when I've been uh, in worship, like I haven't had these these moments. I've been it's more of been an obedience. Like okay, this is what I'm called to do, but at the same time, when the emotions necessarily haven't been there because I've been busy, stress, yeah. uh, stuff like that, I still feel like you still have a feeling like this this um, like. I'm getting to like I'm glorifying the Lord even though my emotions aren't yeah. lining up with that. That's still like it gives you peace. I think peace is a, a good word to use yeah. for that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so my next question was, what is your greatest insecurity as a Christian, like in your Christian walk, like um, that you that's just good. recognize a lot? That's good. I would probably say making people my gods you know galatians 110 you know we don't serve people or i don't know if i'm talking about basically we don't serve people people are not our gods but we serve the one true living god right um so is there a certain thing that you do that you're like you find yourself like fearing people like what do they think about me is there something it's, that it's probably believe it or not social anxiety okay. social anxiety because like you know we grew up in a culture of like i grew up in a culture of partying you know you know prom nights you know you go to prom party yeah. you go to before i was saved right and even in my first year in college you're going to these social ad outings and you just want people to like you and think about this stems from like you know girls right you know you were all seeking that one affirmation from a girl so then all of a sudden the more you seek out the more attention you put on the way others perceive you the more insecure it makes you mm. if that makes sense like it's true um so really it's just it's more social like even when i was going to church there was a time when i was going to central before i got involved in serving when like i got up a couple times and left mid-service because i had like this anxiety mm. um which stemmed out of like you know oh my what is it schizophrenia? I'm not gonna say I'm schizophrenic, but no, when people when you feel like people are looking at you, like that's what I feel like I had. So I mean, I, I schizophrenic means that you don't just think people are always watching They're you, out but to get you. You think everyone's out to get you. No, yeah. okay, so I'm not, I wasn't schizophrenic. <laughs> I wouldn't even say there's something that's like a, uh, like a like a psychology diagnosis. I wouldn't say it was to that extreme, right? Yeah. An extreme case of it where you need to get help yeah. for it, but it was like that's how I felt. Um, so that's conscious now that I'm saved and me and him talk about before all the time about, you know, I used to have anxiety in the beginning of my walk and to the point where I'm like, you know, God, like, like, why do I still have this anxiety? Um, so that is a constant, like when I say surrender, what is like a lot of times every day, like in social conversation, like I surrender, like I don't care what they think of yeah. me. Not that I don't care. It's more. Okay, I care. I'm going to present myself. I'm going to wear deodorant. I'm going to, you know, brush my teeth. But God is my judge. And God's going to judge them. He's going to judge me. Yeah. So I'm going to live my life. Yeah. And allow that to crush it, all that. Stuff. And I think it's important to see that there's a huge percentage of people. And I think this day and age has really created this where we can we can go through our day and not speak to people. like, mm -hmm. And there's just a, a social anxiety that has been really kind of placed in this generation how many times do you get in a nervous situation you get on your phone like i remember walking that's bad walking by crowds and just like getting on my phone so that i could like just like any sort through. of uncomfortable situation you seek something to yes take you, that away or ease it 
Right. Which we think, like, when we think of people who, you know, do drugs, you know, like, my story is, like, you know, I used to smoke weed, right? Where does that stem from? People are like, oh, like, that's just, he does drugs. No, it stems from the same concept of you just seeking, like, your phone. Like, your phone's your yeah. drug. Your yeah. girlfriend, you know, that's your, you know, it's yeah. anything to just comfort you, comfort a pain. Yeah. I mean, anything like pornography, you know, there's yes. these things that... Um, it can start out as just like a seeking for release and then, you know, you build into lust and all these things, you know what I mean? So, um, my next question is, um, so what would you tell yourself if you could, um, I, like when you first started walking with God, what Mm -hmm. is one thing you wish you could tell yourself? That's good. Two years ago, or or I guess about, yeah, about about a year and a half. Okay. Year and and three quarters almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Probably it would have to do with the way I evangelize. I love the Lord, man. I lo- we, we both love the Lord, and we yeah. tell people about Jesus. It, I used an analogy the other day. It's like I have a cup of water, a cup of coffee, right? You know, that's not used to A cup of water, and you're just walking, and you're just spilling it, and it's just it, you're spilling it on everybody. That's like how <laughs> I am. I like everyone knows I love Jesus. I talk about Jesus all the time. But the way I used to do it when I first, like, I, I closed so many doors, even with some family members. We used to get in arguments. You got to believe this. And I'm not leaving this conversation until you admit that you're a sinner and right. that you need Jesus. Like, we're going to stay here and argue for four and a half hours. And, you know, I'm not going to say that that was wrong. I mean, strategically, and now that I'm more mature, there were better ways to go about it. But my heart was in the right place. I want to tell you about the goodness that I've you know, that I've come to experience in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, like standing on the street corner, hey, repent or go to hell. That's not the most efficient way to get people (laughs) to go to heaven, you know? Same way with arguing people (laughs) into the ground. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I had, um, there's a lot of points in my life where I had seen those signs. I mean, not once did I think, man, I, Oh boy, what like what am I doing right? Like you just every like, time you see somebody, like, man, that's annoying, bro. Yeah. Like stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously we're not you're not doing things for people's opinions, but if there's like no success at all in what you're doing as far as evangelism, uh, or if it's something where like, um, you know, like you should be excited when uh someone comes in relationship with christ not like relieved mm. you know what i mean like not like i won i beat him like yes yeah <laughs> you know honestly which is what a lot of people like this is a culture honestly and it makes me sad and a lot of people on tiktok because you know probably a lot of people listening here at least knows of tiktok or watches tiktok reels of and we all look for conflict like we want to prove people wrong well what's the root of that is yeah. you want to feel like you won absolutely and that's that's what it stems out of i and, and i talk i i say this a lot that if we're seeking righteousness and it's out of a place that is not love for jesus then it's self-righteousness right mm. so if someone if you're out evangelizing and it's not out of your love and reverence for christ then what are you going to do right you're going to be in the works-based that's mindset good. workspace relationship um and you're gonna totally s- sell them on the wrong jesus because you're not coming in love dude even even like repentance <laughs> literally Absolutely. if you if you don't watch pornography if you don't mm-hmm. disobey you know your Same mother thing. and fa- whatever and if you do any 
repentance biblical uh, you know idea or action but it's not stemming from hey i love jesus so i'm doing this and it's literally meaningless absolutely which people sometimes can't comprehend that yeah well you know the gospel if you if the point of that isn't like because if you look at that then what are you doing it for you're doing it for pride and for other people who are looking at you then that's why you're repenting well that's sin in itself well, anyway for self-satisfaction any sort of motive absolutely so uh my next question will be um and this has kind of been something we've been talking about like the last um couple of days and stuff um but what is your something you're least satisfied with that is in the state of the church right now like was was your least satisfied um thing that is so common hmm. <clears throat> well I, I i'm not going to speak on the church in general i could probably yeah. speak on like my church experience and probably i can speak on like the baptist denomination okay. because like that's just what i grew up in um my, i don't know anything else so i'm not going to speak on something that i don't know of but historically I, th- I think it's a lot of just um, activity programs. I read a book, and it's a really good book. Y'all should read it. Actually, I haven't finished it yet, but it's called The Trellis and the Vine. And it talks about, you know, the trellis being, you know, the like a, if you picture a trellis, if you don't know what it is, it's like a wood frame. And then the, you place the vine on the wood frame, and then it grows around it, creating, like, cool, just a cool plant, right? The trellis being programs, uh, logistics, like the business side of church, which is you know, you have to have it. You can't just push to the side within the vine being actual God glorifying work. Actually, I'm, let me take that back. I'm not going to say logistics aren't God glorifying, but like discipleship, evangelism, like things that are actually every second of the day contributing to the kingdom of God, kingdom, mm-hmm. contributing to right. the spreading of the gospel. Right? right. So I feel like the biggest problem is, is we have too many like programs. Like we don't yeah. just have, um, like, is the glory of God not enough? Yeah, exactly. And you can also have the other end of the spectrum to where, like, you're having a church that's just all evangelism, but when they come to your church, there's no discipleship set up, right? So it's a balance. But, like, when I look at the church, like, honestly, I don't care about connect events. I don't care about that. I mean, it's fun. Like, when I was first becoming a Christian, that was important for me. Mm-hmm. meeting friends so i see the value in that because coming from a, a place where i had no christian friends but at the same time like i'm looking like my closest friends right now are the people that are hungry for jesus who like they're they they want to go spread the gospel they want to go uh do bible studies like it's not so much about you know let's go to cc's pizza and as a group go eat dinner and not talk about jesus once yes. like that like that doesn't really interest me right um of course like that goes with balance but i say that's the biggest thing i'll wrap this up in 15 seconds is i there's a like the church the baptist church historically has been a church first off that puts the holy spirit in the closet has not been a spirit a church that is like really active in mm-hmm. spiritual gifts things like that but then also just being a spirit-filled body to where Literally, if I am on the side of the road talking to a man, that is better than me getting my Wednesday night Bible study. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and I would say like, um, you know, like kind of what you're referring to, like taking the experientialness out of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
because he is still experiential. Yeah. You know, it's by the blood of the lamb and word of our testimony. Right. And it's like your testimony is what, you know, your experience mm-hmm. with God. Um, so regardless of, um, how we want to slice that the truth is still the truth regardless of your experience but you also do experience him and we i was telling you about a tiktok i saw the tiktok was you know a group of kids who the caption was we are no longer satisfied with hearing another cool sermon francis chan, chan talks about it like and like we become foodies i like this podcast i like keenan vision no i don't really like keenan vision i like sheep talk no i don't really like sheep talk i like cole and cole show like we so pre- preferential foodies like i like this guy i don't like that guy to the point where like we we don't we've lost the heart of the gospel which is like him yeah it doesn't matter who you like we've come to humble ourselves and worship the father and like when's the last time you know you just prayed and you 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 sought the presence of god outside of a sunday sermon or outside of a wednesday bible study you saw it in the word by yourself reading the bible you saw him in prayer like you just prayed for 30 minutes right and that's (laughs) something that i i'm 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 not a hypocrite for saying that but something man i don't really do that you know, but I've made a, a, a huge key that when I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, God, show me your glory when I'm reading. Yes. So, like, I don't need to go to church. Let me let me pause there so no one gets the wrong concept. I don't need to go to church. But, like, I'm seeking the Lord's presence outside of these organizations in these programs, basically. And then church supplements what I'm already pursuing in, you know, my prayer closet, you know, shut the door behind you type deal. Absolutely. All right, so uh, my next question is, and this would be a good one, a um, little nugget here. So, oh gosh, what is something that <clears throat> you wish you could have been open with me about from oh. the get go? That um, what we maybe have talked about now, maybe we haven't. That you wish you could have spoken and been outspoken with me about. Probably Todd <laughs> White deal. To be hundred percent honest, like we we since episode five of the Kingdom Vision podcast is the first time we try to talk about it. And I think now in the past, like we had, we, we've had phone calls throughout this summer, but really this past summer is the first time that I felt like peace first off with myself, but peace that like I've, that I've talked to you about it. And and we've come to the point where we agree um, on, on a lot of things. And um, we, the first, I, that first, you know, July, uh, July, August, September, 2020, man, that was rough. Like that yeah. was rough. And I look back and I was like, dude, like I handled that wrong. You know, like the way I went about it, like I literally, like you said, this agenda, like if you don't do, like if I was correcting you out of the love of Jesus for about Todd White, like I don't like Todd White, then sure. Go ahead. That's a valid, right. you know, voice your opinion. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to be right. I had my, you know, my thought made up. Todd White's a heretic. I'm going to go tell Braden Harris that he's a heretic. And until he believes me that he's a heretic, he's gone. Now I come to the point where, okay, this is preferentially wrong. Like this, I mean, I'm not prefer- This is preferentially different than my, what I'm used to. And even I've told you before that I even am coming more to like, the non-denominational in terms of like, it's not denominational, but like spiritual gifts and stuff like that. Holy spirit. Like I've grown towards Braden in that sense. Um, but in terms of, and by the way, Todd, I don't believe Todd White's a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that, in that honestly, you know, we'll talk about that next, but, yeah. um, really just the way I handle things with that. And then not me, not 
me and you really not having conversations about that to the point where we have peace on it until almost a year later that mm -hmm. was that's probably what it is yeah. yeah yeah that's good yeah me me too i think um <clears throat> i felt like um for me in this situation that it was like almost because i was the kind of the one that would would have been in the wrong like um as far as like uh theologically that it was like something where i was trying to cover my own tracks and mm -hmm. like try to get everything you know like when you deal with your parents and stuff and you're like you have to have everything like kind of set out so Before that you go talk to them. so that you can't so that you won't lose the conversation right like so that you won't seem mm -hmm. like a fool because then that seems like you know you're wrong but we know that's not necessarily the case you know like just because um you know someone can be a christian and have incorrect theology for 25 years mm -hmm. and someone could just accept christ and you know be brought up in correct theology and mm -hmm. just not be able to fully explain that and not be wrong but who's going to come out on top right yeah. the person that knows more about that situation so which in in, in like to answer a question like what would i tell myself the second question, I think, what would I tell myself, like, going back to early Christian was, you know, I watched the American gospel as a young Christian. Yeah. And that planted a seed of just pretty much bitterness and anger towards, you know, the false teachers that the American gospel depicted. But as I've matured now, and I look at Todd White, and I look at, um, I, I'm not going to put Stephen Furtick. I still have some things with Stephen Furtick, but Todd White... Like, what constitutes a Christian? You, Who Jesus is, mm -hmm. who we are, and yeah. what is our response? Yeah. And, the, you know, that that is what constitutes Christian. And then, saved by grace, not of works, right? Mm -hmm. Anything outside of that is, you got to get over it. Yeah. Basically. Like, you can make an argument. Like, I, like I'm not going to say that nullifies the conversation, but yeah. you got to get over your own deal and... and like people lose their minds over it and I, I lost my mind over it right which tied into our turmoil right which tied then tied in to me not talking us not coming to a you know peace on mm -hmm. our disagreement for a year later which was the root of it the seed that was planted of my hatred for a human being right right and i think like one of the the tough parts about that was because like I was still reading scripture and I'm like, yeah, it, you're, you gotta be tough on false teachers. Like you gotta be, mm. you gotta be tough on them. Um, so I'm like, if they fall into that cat, like if he falls into that category, like how do you, how, what do you do with that? Like, what do you, what do I do? Yeah. And, um, of course, you know, you have to first off be going to whoever it is, man to man, um, the way that Paul and, um, you know, I think it was Paul and Peter, their disagreement was, yeah, it was between each Peter. other. It was between each other. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm not here to speak on, you know, the way that, you know, American gospel did what they did or the way that Todd didn't do what he should have done or this or that. But I will say that I think that, um, every congregation needs to know the strengths of, you know, the kind of personalities you're going to bring in and the kinds of um you know weaknesses that it can be drawn out of right um you know like we talked about 
you know, the, the type of people watching the American gospel, what kind of people are they, you know, the, the you're going to go to hell sign type of people sometimes where, you know, you could be kind of lighting a fire that's not um, exactly from um, rooted out of love mm-hmm. inside of people. And in the same way, um, if you're in the charismatic circles, you can't be enabling people to go and, um, you know, do these things fa- falsely prophesying over people or um you know enabling them to do just crazy stupid things that aren't from god because we know the way jesus acted he was pretty normal sometimes right like Mm -hmm. he would go and just eat with people and just do normal people things he would go he was radical and he was normal right so um understanding what your congregation's weaknesses are and addressing those i think is super important um for each group and um you know, anytime you uh, you fail to do so, I think you, it's it's kind of an enabling factor um, for your people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that's kind of a good point. And um, you know, we both come from different backgrounds, right? He came from a more Baptist background. I came from a more um, non-denominational background. Yeah. So I'm I was more naturally kind of comfortable with. How you know how these things you're already exposed to that stuff, which right. I was like, still to this day, like I we were talking about it last night. I haven't really looked at my spiritual gift, like now, like talking through some things, like have a, in it, like, but I, that's something that's not even you don't talk about that stuff in the Baptist denomination. Yes. So like, if you're you're not even being exposed to it, so then you're exposed to it in a radical sense of American gospel style, which I still like the movie. They had great stuff. Yeah. Then that's like a something like I was part of theology basically that I was never exposed to. Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly what like you know like I've said like the part of the movie that I completely agree with is like yeah we're we are saved as sinners by grace through faith right mm-hmm. and that was you know that was the main thing I think they nailed down on and I think that was exactly right. Um, the only thing I would disagree on is maybe how they kind of showed these people to be. You yeah, know? I'm not going to go into detail on like why I think, you know, uh, American gospel are wrong. Zzz, fast forward a minute and a half later. <laughs> you know, they kind of, you know. Yeah. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, continue. Yeah. Thought. I'm, I'm no, yeah, that's my fault. Um, So, yeah, there's like, I think that it's more about, um, not about what they were teaching, like in a sense, but more about how you would, you know, wrongly or wrongly or rightly like how you're showing you know these people and um you know just trying to be respectful of of everyone regardless of of how highly you disagree with them right so um i think it was definitely like i I still tell everyone like i've grown the most from my relationship with you Mm. right like there's been no relationship that I've grown more with because of our disagreements, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you're not truly in close relationship with anyone until you deal with disagreements. Yeah. Right? Like, um, you can think someone is the most amazing person ever, have a disagreement with them and see if you're, if, see if you're, um, if you change your opinion about them. Facts. Right? Um, so I think that's what's been so, like, so powerful through you know, our situation and, um, all those things. 